0: The Oakdale Christian Centre Podcast. In this episode, we continue our series on questions in the Bible. The main reading is Hebrews chapter 11. Last week, few weeks, we've been looking at the questions, 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 and um, uh, looking at the first questions in, in Genesis, and we will we'll pursue that on Sunday. We're going to look at uh, Cain and Abel uh, questions there, uh, because obviously they tell us uh, the heart of God, the heart of man, the character of Satan. They tell us all those things. What, are, what are our questions, and um, of course uh, we we looked at. Um, uh, last week, uh, the last question that Jesus asked, which I was going to say in a minute, which wasn't quite true, but it was good for my point. Um, why are you troubled and why do you doubt? That is, again, he left that with him because he knew that was our problem. We, we, we're concerned, we're worried, and, we, and then that feeds into our doubt. And of course, as we said, worry only distracts us from the heart of God, the Father heart of God. Um, uh, we distrust then uh, it distrust the Father, distract us from God's word, and ultimately, if led, if if let unchecked, it will destroy God's word. The thorns, remember the thorns, love of this world, love for other things, uh, the riches of this world, and the and the concern, the anxieties, the worries of this life choke the fruitfulness of God's word. So we looked at that, and then we looked at doubts. Well. <clears throat> and again let, let's left and they will cause uh, not just discouragement they will cause disbelief um, and ultimately that's why we dig we keep our eyes open remember uh, we, we looked at um, Thomas before and Thomas' problem was he wasn't there when Jesus turned up he wasn't there so be in the right place at the right time with God's people and you're going to see the Lord if you're not there there's no good saying well, I don't believe well you weren't in the right place and uh, eyes open, eyes looking to Jesus, of course. Uh, that's why he continually tells us to keep our eyes on him, keep our eyes on him. And won't, we won't get weary and give up. And, of course, my, one of my favorite stories is Elisha. And uh, he says, open his eyes, Lord. Open his eyes. What are you worried about? Right? Worried about? Him? We're surrounded. We're surrounded. Open his eyes, Lord. And uh, the, the Lord was around. The angels uh, were surrounding him. And then he says, Lord, shut their eyes. Um, and uh, I don't know about you but I, I chuckle at that because that's, that's God is mighty and um, it's a bit of irony in all those things so the doubts well of course we know the cure for doubts is his word his presence Jesus the Bible says stood among them didn't he, he in, in that mo- moment he didn't wait for an invite he stood among them and uh, he, he spoke peace into their heart. He spoke correction as well because he challenged their hearts, as he always does. But he spoke, his first thing he said, Peace be with you. Um, and he stood in, the, in his presence and he said, See me, touch me, see her. And then he, be, he begins to expound God's word. And uh, the psalmist says, Psalm 77 says, Lord, I remember what you've done, I remember your word. See, that's a great counteracting of doubts, isn't it? The devil will say, well, look at this, look at that. And that's what we need to say. Well, look at what he has done. Look at what he has done. And the things he hasn't done. Because some of the things he hasn't done is a good job. Because we have prayed for things that, looking back now, we thought, thank you, Lord, he didn't answer that prayer. Thank you, Lord, he didn't answer that. So the presence of God, the power of God. Well, I just want to start off with that last question um, that we, we did. I just just drop that because it's a lovely uh, Place to start. Uh, we read it last, we're going to read it again this week. Um, the first, uh, well, one of the first uh, questions asked of Jesus in his ministry years. In his ministry years. Uh, John 1 38 39. And
1: Jesus turned and seeing them following, said to them, What do you seek? They said to him, Rabbi, which is to say, when translated, teacher, where are you staying? Mm-hmm. Then he said to them, can and see they came and saw where he was staying and remaining with
2: them that day, now it was
0: about the 10th hour. So the first question Jesus asked in his ministry is, is what are you seeking? That's a great question, isn't it? Um, what are you really seeking? Because uh, the Bible says in his, in his peak, the crowds thronged around Jesus, didn't they? They... they there was no TV in those days, so what a great, he was a great orator, a great teacher, and the miracles, well you don't see that on TV do you, a blind man coming and going away seeing, a deaf opening, no wonder that it was, it was but what do you really seek, do you seek the miracles, uh, or do you seek the miracle worker, the person, the created, the created things that man is, loves to, or the creator, The gift, the one who gives gifts, or the gift bringer, or the gift giver. And uh, so he's asking them, What do you really say? And what are you looking for? And they said, Where do you stay? That's a beautiful question because the word there really is abide. Where do you abide? And that's really the summation of what God, Jesus, came to do. He came to make the way possible so you can abide in me and you. Abide in me and I in you. Zacchaeus, I must, I must. No argument. I've got to abide in you for you to change. You see, without Jesus abiding in him, he would have never given half his money away. And if he'd, if, if he'd I don't know, he said, if I stole him, well, he knew he jolly well he had, because he was a tax collector. You know not want to from it. No, no. Um, <laughs> and he said, I, four times. He didn't have to do that, did he? Only 20%, if you owned up to your crime, only 20% you had to give back. When you caught out, when you were caught red-handed, you'd have to, Pay what you had, and four times the amount. So he was going in above and beyond. And uh, Jesus said, "He's come to the house today. Even this man has been saved today." So abiding. Uh, so that's what Jesus wanted Where do you where are you staying? Come and see. And the Bible says they stayed with Jesus. And of course, we know one of them was Andrew. And what was the first thing Andrew did? Blessed. The first thing Andrew did is go and tell his brother. And that's a great thing. When we talking about first the other day, didn't we? First, what is the first thing we should do? Get and tell your your friend, your family, your family. Um, probably the most difficult people to tell, isn't it? And uh, why? Because they know you. Uh, <laughs> they know your faults, your failings. They know they know how to wind you up. <clears throat> but as the Lord works in us, we can move on. Well, of course, as I said on Sunday, I know you you couldn't believe it, but I I, I said I was wrong. I know you said it, David. You're never wrong. Well, that's not what Jonathan says, mind of course. <clears throat> And now uh, Jesus's last question um, wasn't why you troubled and disturbed and why you why you doubting, um, and, and so we're going to have a look at his last question tonight. But for, for the for the for what I wanted to do last week, I'm going to go with it. But what was his last question? Um, again, very interesting. Luke 24, 38, 41. He said to them, "Why are you troubled, and why do doubts rise in your mind?" look at my hands and my feet it is I myself touch me and see a ghost does not have flesh and bones as you see I have when he had said this he showed them his hands and his feet and while they still did not believe it because of joy and amazement he asked them do you have anything here to eat yeah so there's his last question do you have anything to eat do you have anything to eat but again, just uh, what was he doing? He was demonstrating uh, his, the reality of the resurrection. Because again, um, Jesus wanted to make sure they knew. Because obviously they were going to die for it, would not they? Uh, they weren't just going to preach uh, about the resurrection. They were going to die for it. Apart from one John, who has left an old man on a, on a poke. If you've ever been to, we went to Patmos, did not it? Um, what a poky little place I mean it wasn't any good when we went there so what it was like then Well, of course it was a penal colony the Rome, so Romans were going to give him a nice place were they you know they were going to give him Crete or, or uh, Zante those lovely islands let's find a poky little rocky place and throw him on there. so that's where he ended up um, but he said give me what I want to prove and he began to eat a bit of fish so uh, said, fish it's good for you and honey oh as I said before I don't know about both together, you never know. Um, but again, uh, behind that, let's spiritualize that a little bit. Um, what are we eating, isn't it? What are we? Have we got something to eat? See, our job is to feed ourselves, isn't it? Not just physical, of course. We talked about our physical what what to eat, and of course, there was our program, You Are What You Eat, and uh, there's a lot of truth in that, of course, isn't it? Um, and I keep telling my dad he eats too much sweet stuff, but he says a bit late now. I said, it's true enough, true enough, I suppose.
2: Make we,
0: speak, we, make that's right, dad, yeah. We blame our mom because she used to make all the desserts. Um, but uh, you are what you eat spiritually. You are what you eat spiritually. And Jesus said, you hey, be careful. What are you eating? What are you eating? And um, uh, thankfully, he's given us food enough. Um, that's why we come here to be fed. But if, we, if, if you alone just wait for me to feed you, you're going to be undernourished, isn't you? If you come once a week, or if you even come three or four times a week, if you eat three, three meals a week, it'd be nice and thin, but uh, you'd be undernourished. You'd be undernourished. And that's why the Bible says you can feed yourself, can't you? Bless the Lord. And, they, and today, we've got no excuses, are we? When I think, of, when we read about our brothers and sisters, they've got a job to get hold of a Bible. We can get a lot of umpteen Bibles. We can get notes. We've got UCP. We've got Every Day with Jesus. I'm reading that at the moment. It's fantastic. Um, We've got myriads of stuff. And we need to feed ourselves. We can go onto the internet and YouTube. And we can listen to the great men and women of God from yonder you. So there's no excuse not to be well fed. But Jesus said, now be careful how you feed. What are you eating? What do you got something to eat? Uh, John 6, 48, 51.
2: I am the bread of life. Your forefathers ate the manna in the desert, yet they died. But you is the bread that comes down from heaven, which a man may eat and not die. I am the living bread that came down from heaven. If anyone eats of this bread, he will live forever. This bread is my flesh, which I give for the life of the world. Then the Jews began to argue sharply among themselves How can this man give his flesh to eat? Jesus said to them, I tell you the truth. Unless you eat the flesh of the Son of Man and drink his blood, you have no life in you. Whoever eats my flesh and drinks my blood has eternal life, and I will raise him up at the last day. For my flesh is real food, and my blood is real drink. Whoever eats my flesh and drinks my blood remains in me, and I in him. Just as the living Father sent me, and I live because of the Father, so the one who feeds on me will live, because of me. This is the bread that came down from heaven. Your forefathers ate manna and died, but you who feeds on this bread will live forever.
0: Yeah. On Him, in Him, from Him. Of course, that some people have said, which again is again what happens—you misunderstand and misinterpret the words. All he's got nothing, that's got nothing to do with communion. Communion was not even in his mind at that time. It's John six. Communion has not, nothing to do with it. And he says very clearly, these words i spoke spoken you are spirit. What he's saying is you appropriate all what Jesus has purchased, what he has done. We receive of him. We opened him. He's right in the center of our hearts. Feed on him. That's why he came right into the present. The Bible says he stood right in the middle. It's a beautiful picture. He stood right in the midst so they could see and touch and receive from him. He's got to be in the middle, isn't he? He's got to be in the middle, and uh, sadly, we all of us push him to the to the to the periphery sometimes. Of course, when we're in trouble, he's right in the middle because we we need him then. Right, come on! But when everything's going pretty good and we just want our own way, we've got things planned and we've got our own purpose, he's drifting to the side a bit. But of course, he's right in the middle. Feed on him. Let's listen, listen to these words. These are from the Old Testament. Lovely words of uh, Moses, Deuteronomy eight
1: command you today, you must be careful to observe that you may live and multiply and go in and possess the land of which the Lord swore to your fathers, and you shall remember that the Lord your God led you all the way these forty years in the wilderness to humble you and test you, to know what was in your heart whether you would keep his commandments or not. So he humbled you, allowed you to hunger, and feed you with manna, which you did not know, nor did your fathers know, that he might make you know That man shall not live by bread alone, but man lived by every word that
0: proceedeth out of the mouth of the Lord. Amen. Again, he was getting our attention, wasn't he? The natural, the now is nothing to do most important is eternal, isn't it? My word, my word. And of course what did Jesus do when he was tempted of the devil? He brings the word of the Lord up. Yeah, man doesn't live by bread alone. I'm hungry. Big deal. I need God's will, I need God's protection, I need God's ways, and God's will. God's word, feeding on God's word, so vital. And of course, we have Peter then uh, encouraging us. Uh, 1 Peter 2, 1 to 3.
1: Um, therefore, rid yourselves all malice and all deceit, hypocrisy, envy, and slander of every kind. Like newborn babies, crave pure spiritual milk, so that by you may grow up in your salvation. Now
0: that you, now that you have tasted that the Lord is good. So he, he said, "Now, now, be careful. Now, there's things in our lives you've got to get rid of." You see, the the, the Bible it has given us the ability to cut things off. The, but, you see, "Cut those off," and make sure you are like. And he uses a baby's picture. Um, uh, Peter, he was married. I don't know if he had children. I haven't looked into that actually. But your daughters, didn't he? Did he? He had daughters. No that's Philip. That was Philip, that's
1: it. Philip.
0: Yeah. So he must have known. He must have known Peter about babies. The babies, when they want a drink, they don't wait, do they? They don't. They don't wait an opportune time. You know, you can't say to the baby, "Can you wait five minutes while I'm, I'm just I'm doing something in a minute?" Um, can you wait half hour and we'll see you in a minute? No, no. You don't give a monkey's about your plans. He wants a drink, or she, well, Josh always wanted a drink, but she wants a drink, or he wants a drink right now. Whether it's two o'clock, she doesn't know two o'clock in the morning, what's two o'clock in the morning to the baby? They want a drink. And they will scream and shout until they are fed. And the Bible and Peter is very clear. The word is intensely crave or long for greatly. Get into God's word and long for it long for it be like a baby that you will not give up until you are fed and it's the amazing thing about uh, the god's word because when we have have, uh, natural food when we eat we eat till we well sometimes we till we overfall we eat till we fall and we leave it thankfully god's word uh, you you eat and he never full you because you just want more and more and that's the interesting thing, when you drink of the Lord, you want to, you never. your thirst is never fully quenched because you want to drink more. The less you do, the less you eat, the less you drink, the less you want to. But the more you can keep going. You can keep going because, as we said before, your spirit has no limit. Bless the Lord. You can keep going. So the Bible says, now be careful what you're feeding on. This last question, what have you got to eat? What are you eating? What are you feeding yourself on? Um, And it's very easy to know what you're feeding yourself on because you can tell what you're thinking, what you're speaking, where your heart is leaning. That'll tell you what you're feeding yourself on. If it's a thing in the corner, then you'll know where your mind is, you know where your heart is, you know where your desires are. If it's God's word, you're thinking like him, you're seeing like him, you're seeing people who need Jesus, you're praying, you're, you're burdened. When you watch the news, your burden of the Lord comes on you for the situation or for a person. You see a person in the paper and they, they watching it, reading something about this young woman. Well, she's young to me now, she's 40, dying of cancer. And I say, Lord, save her, save her. She wants to, you know, she's been doing a blog or something. Lord, save her, because she's going into eternity. See, save her. So, feed yourself, feed yourself. Well, how about this one? Uh, perhaps we'll, before we read it, the question is: What was the last question asked of Jesus? The last question asked of Jesus to Jesus. What was the last question? Anybody?
2: Are you a king? Coming back?
0: Not quite. Mm-hmm. But you're on the right track. Let's read it then so we can get. We know Acts 1, six to 8. So it's an Acts, it's not the Gospel, so it's a bit sneaky there. We do Acts. Acts one six to eight.
1: So when they met together, they asked him, "Lord, are you at this time going to restore the kingdom of Israel?" He said to them, "It is not for you to know the times or dates the Father has set by His own authority, but you will receive power from the Holy Spirit that comes on you, and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem, in Judea, and Samaria, and to the ends of the earth."
0: lord are you going to restore the kingdom now and uh, that has always been again our problem and we'll see where, where that takes us in a moment um, because we are our thinking is temporal our thinking is local and our thinking is natural isn't it lord we want the kingdom that their kingdom was obviously uh, getting rid of the romans and having rule and it was temporal it was just for israel that was their, th- their thinking and uh, the kingdom and jesus's kingdom is far greater than that uh, the trouble is now what we have now we we have um, what we call something called kingdom theology which which some of that is 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 okay but then of course like like man always does it drifts and extremes. So we have something what we call kingdom now, where the Bible says that we bring in God's kingdom by our lives and because we are the bride of Christ, which is, which is, not, which is totally untrue. It's not true. And, and uh, God, will, Jesus will only come back when uh, the church rules in the world. Again, that's taking something that Jesus said and extrapolating it to, the, to his nth degree. So, what then uh, happens is then Israel is is nothing. It's what we call replaced. The, the promises now are all for the church. See, that's what happens when we take a, a principle, a teaching about God's kingdom, Jesus' kingdom, and extrapolate. And of course, then there's no rapture because Jesus comes then when the church is running everything and evil is dispelled. But again, that, that's, we are salt and light. We are to shade Jesus and shine for Jesus. But the Bible is very clear as as we approach the second coming or the rapture, that the world is going to get worse. He says intuitively, it, as perilous times will come. So again, kingdom, but let's see what... Uh, and of course, that's our problem. It's again, that's why Jesus puts these questions or allows the questions to come because he knows he wants to pinpoint an an error that is ours. See, God's heart is spiritual, eternal, and global, which means he wants every man, woman, boy, and girl saved. Not just, they're just looking for Israel, wouldn't they? No, no, God said, no, go into all the world. And, of course, then we'll, we'll come to that what he says in a moment. So um, let's have a, a quick look at the, uh, again, kingdom. What does kingdom mean? Well, kingdom means God's rule, God's reign, and his realm. Of course, when Jesus came, the kingdom, in one sense, began, started, came. Why? Because Jesus came. But he will not fully be in, in, established until he comes and reigns as king. And of course, uh, this world then will be renewed. It was, you know, we we thinking, Because again, what happens is we, we drift over into, well, JW territory, where the kingdom is now and we're going to reign on the earth. And you say, well, wait a minute, now the earth is going to be burnt up and renewed. This earth can't last like this. It is wearing out. It is decaying. That's why the Bible says it is waiting for fire to burn it up to be renewed, a new heavens and a new earth. Um, but Let's have a look at the, the kingdom. What does Jesus talk about the kingdom? Luke 17, 2021.
1: 20, now, when he was asked by the Pharisees when the kingdom of God would come, he answered them and said, The kingdom of God does not come with observation, nor will they say, See here or see there, for indeed the kingdom of God is within you.
0: See, again, Jesus changed nothing, and their, their idea of kingdom was. Physical, natural, local, temporal. Jesus, no, 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 no. Kingdom, I want to reign in you. Because the thing is, we don't mind God reigning out there, do we? Because <laughs> I don't have to change so much. God wants to And The whole principle of the kingdom manifesto, Matthew 5, 6, and 7, is what? Changing. Jesus said, no, I don't want to change inside, didn't he? He said, you say adultery is wrong. I tell you, if you look. You say anger, killing's wrong, yeah, but if you're angry, he was dealing with the heart. You he need God to reign in us. So, again, the change of thinking. Again, they were still thinking here and now, and natural, and uh, temporal, and uh, instead of spiritual, and God actually reigning personally in my life. He wants to reign in me, doesn't he? In fact, he tells us to pray for it. Let your kingdom come, let your will be done. He tells us to seek it. Seek first the kingdom. So we are looking for the kingdom in us. Um, 1, 1 Corinthians 14. No, 1 Corinthians 4, sorry. 1 Corinthians 4.
1: But I will come to you shortly, if, yep. the, Lord, if the Lord will and will know, not the, speech, not the speech of them which are puffed up, but the power for, in the, for the kingdom of God
2: it's not in word,
0: but in power. See, the kingdom of God is not a matter of, of, of the word logos, it's the, it's the power, dynamite, the power of God in us, changing us. Paul, again, Romans 14, 17, again, they were looking externally, said the kingdom of God is not a matter of eating or drinking, but of righteousness, joy, and peace in the Holy Spirit. See, the kingdom from outside now, Jesus, inside, in our hearts, in our lives, in our, in our ways. And he says, what does he say? Uh, Go out, preach the word, uh, heal the sick, and uh, tell them the kingdom of God is among you. It's very interesting. I was just looking at that. It it says more than heal the sick. It means to um, be attentive, to serve the sick, to serve, to to treat. Uh, Therapeutic is the word. and, And not just sick, the one without strength, the one who are feeble, not just with bodily disability, the feeble see and uh, when the church actually is proactive sometimes again the opposite of of kingdom now is that we're going to reign is that we retract and say well god you saved me the world is going to be so bad i'm not going to do anything about it Uh, and again the middle ground is lord we know what's going to happen. The Bible tells us what. But we, while we are here, we're going to serve you and live for you and love you and serve others, love God, love people. We're going to be salt and light. We're going to serve those who are feeble because then the kingdom of God is near. What does He say? Uh, they said of Him about He said, "When I cast out the demons by the Spirit of God, then you can say the kingdom of God has come near you." And so there's the power of God and the uh, proactive uh, service of God. That's why he says, be zealous for good works, doesn't he? Be zealous for good. Why? Because when God reigns in us, we just see as he does and we see a broken world. We see as Jesus does. The Bible says he was moved with compassion. He saw that they were lost, they were broken, like sheep without a shepherd, didn't know where they were doing, didn't know where they were going and he came and imparted to them. So that's where we are. But of course, again, we've got to be careful and uh, What does the Bible say? Uh, John 18, Jesus speaking before uh, Pilate. Pilate answered, am I a Jew? Your own nation and the chief of the priests have delivered you to me. What have you done? Jesus answered, my kingdom is not of this world. My kingdom were of this world. My servants would fight so so that I should not be delivered to the Jews. But now my kingdom is not from here. My kingdom is not of this world. Or you're thinking, my kingdom. And that's the problem, you see, what we do when we, we think about kingdom, and like the Jews, and that's why we've got this errant teaching. We think we, again, is all the elevation of man, isn't it? That's the problem. Um, we, we are somebody. And again, the devil doesn't mind us thinking we are somebody, and that's the problem. Pride elevating, me elevating, I, I, I. And God says, no, 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 no. No, no. You were, that's why Paul, Paul said, I am a servant of the Lord. Um, he was, he was he, as close to the Lord as anybody. But the Bible says uh, he called himself. Of course, Jesus calls us friends, but he saw himself as a slave before God. Why? Because he knew it was all of him. If Without the grace of the Lord, we are nothing. And of course, Jesus is going to bring in him. Of course, the Bible tells us he will fulfill, he will come, he will reign on David's throne, and he will reign from Jerusalem. That's the prophetic word, Isaiah 9, Isaiah fifty thirty five, Zechariah 8. That's the prophetic word. He will bring in the fulfillment of the kingdom. We are to live out the kingdom in our lives, the principles of the kingdom, the power of the kingdom. Of course, the Bible says, he said to the disciples, I, I've given you the kingdom, didn't he? The principles of the kingdom, the power of the kingdom. But the king isn't here yet. So until he comes, uh, we, are, we, are, we are doing as he bids. Um, so the kingdom is not this world so be careful when we, we the devil would love he? he loves extremes in those areas because one will stop us doing anything and one when, when will make us think we're the, we the answer in one sense we are the answer but without Christ as he said we can't save anybody we are to sow, bless the Lord we are to plough, we are to seek the Lord but only he can save uh, And we, if we've been in the business in the kingdom long enough we'll understand that So it is a matter of power, but inside, inside. But of course, then Jesus uh, is correcting their thinking, doesn't he? He corrects their thinking because he says, you will receive power from on high, and you will be my witnesses. Jerusalem, Samaria, to the uttermost parts of the world. Um, Judea, uttermost parts of the world. But the first thing he he notices, we notice, he's changing our thinking from... um, kingdom here now natural local to get in our mind you know this is not our home this is not our home the teaching of, of, of God's word right from beginning uh, the Old Testament you know saints who live a lot longer than us uh, what, what do they say I'm on a pilgrimage we are passing through Jacob said my pilgrimage has been tough he was a bit of a moaner, Jacob, wasn't he? I mean, it's been difficult. It's not been as good as my parents, but it, 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 the principle, it was pilgrimage. Um, David said, I'm a stranger. I'm, a, I'm an alien. I'm passing through. And of course, if depending on how old we are, we understand. Don't put roots down here because they're going to be pulled up a bit quick now. Um, let's read again the principle that Jesus is teaching. Uh, 1 Peter 2. 1 Peter 2.
2: That ye are chosen generation, a royal
1: priesthood, and a holy nation, a peculiar people; that ye should show forth the praises of Him who hath called you out of darkness into His marvelous light. Which in time past were not a people, but are now the people of God. Which have not obtained mercy, but now have obtained mercy. Dearly beloved, I beseech you, as strangers and pilgrims abstain from freshly
0: from which war against the soul see the, the old principle of um, hebrews and of course they live as strangers and aliens of this world you see if you live loosely with this world you'll not be caught up in this world um, and that's why you won't get sidetracked moses had the riches of Egypt at his disposal? Now that is tempting. The riches of Egypt, but the Bible says he set it aside. Why? Because he saw him who was invisible. See again, we understand if we again, what do we say? Define our time by eternity. And uh, it, was, it was C.S. Lewis said that the most earthly good are the most heavenly minded. Because we've had that saying of oh, being heavenly minded and no earthly good. Not true. He said the most the most earthly good people I've known. He said are the most heavenly minded. Like, no. So he said, live as strangers, live as aliens. Don't put roots down here. Now we are, um, again, salt and light. But be careful, there's that balance. We are passing through, we are passing through. We're not putting roots down here. Um, uh, Philippians 3, Philippians 3.
1: To many of i told you often. And I tell you even if they are enemies of the cross of Christ, whose end is destruction, whose God is their belly, and whose glory is in their shame, who set their minds on earthly things. Amen. For our citizenship is in heaven, from which we are also eagerly wait for the Saviour, the Lord Jesus Christ, who will transform our own body, that it may be conformed to his glorious body, according to the will of him by which he is able. You
0: need to subdue all things to himself. He tells very clearly, our citizenship, you know what that is? When you look on your, on your passport, it tells you where you're from. Citizenship is heaven, is on our passport. And that's why he says, do not live for earthly things. He said, they, they, God is their stomach, they're living for this world, they're living for now. He said, no, 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 your citizenship is heaven, we're living for that. So we're investing in that, we're not investing here. If you lose money. Uh, you're investing for eternity. You're you're applying your time, your talents, your your ties into eternity. Why? Because my citizenship is there. She's so very clear. He's he's bringing the, this kingdom mentality. Wait now, my kingdom is not this world. So you're living for heaven. You're living for a, a different kingdom, an eternal kingdom. So invest and plough into that. Um, and of course, then he said, and Peter Paul said, I love this. Um, uh, Two Timothy four, his last uh, writings, I suppose. My, my departure has come. And, and that picture is a, is a lovely picture. It, it's of a, of a ship that is loosing its moorings, that, um, that it was only just docked in, in, in the, uh, the harbour, just for a moment. And he said, My departure has come, and I'm just about to go on to eternity. I love that picture. We're just docked, just for a moment. But eternity awaits us. And also, the other picture is um, a, a military, a camp that is just encamped just for a moment, and then it breaks its encampment to go to its destination. See, my departure is ready. So that's why he says, Hold lightly to this world. Colossians says, Set your mind on things above, not on these earthly things. Why? Because it's passing away. But then he also says, um, He's changing our thinking to eternity, but then in that, he's saying, Now you will be my witnesses witnesses. Um, 2 Corinthians 5 to finish, 18 to 20.
1: And all things are of God who have reconciled us to himself by Jesus Christ who have given to us the ministry of uh, reconciliation to wit that God was in Christ, reconciling the world unto himself, not imputing their trespasses unto them and have committed unto us the word of reconciliation. Reconciliation. Now then, we are ambassadors for Christ, as though God did
0: beseech you by us. We pray you in Christ's stead be re- re- reconciled to God. Reconciled to God. See, that is, that is what you see when we understand, when we get our minds right uh, on Him, with Him, on this particular eternal kingdom, what are we going to do? We're going to go and share it and spread it and tell people you could be reconciled to God. And without that reconciliation to God, the eternal kingdom. It will not be heaven for you. And the Bible says He's given it us. And then He goes a bit further in verse 19 He's committed it to us. Committed it to us. You see, ultimately, people are only going to see and know Jesus by you and me. Yeah. Didn't it? So, in one sense, uh, that, that, that tension, isn't it? God saves, God can do it, only God can save, but unless we sow, unless we tell, they were never going to hear. And that's why uh, in, in years gone by, those missionary uh, people that we talked about over the, over the years, Edson Taylor and C.T. Studd and I.T. Carey, William Carey and you can go on and on and on. Um, uh, we talked about Count Zinzendorf. Their heart was to get everyone to hear the gospel. Why? Because they saw eternity. And we are the ministers of reconciliation. So tonight, uh, when we think about kingdom, God's rule, God's reign, God's realm, he wants to do it in you in your heart and then through you to those around hallelujah sharing the gospel what a great god we have that he would want to reign over us knowing full well what he's going to reign over isn't he and as we said before he's not any any illusions when we got married our wives and husbands didn't know what we really liked today. They? they found it a bit quick after um, but when god invites us when god bids us come he knows exactly what we like still bids. I still still, still want to reign and rule and uh, in your life. Bless the Lord tonight. Hallelujah. We hope you've enjoyed this episode. To find out more about our church, including our service times, visit
2: www.oakdalechristiancentre.org